Wow, we serve a great God, don't we? Amen. Well, I'm so glad y'all are here this morning. I want to share a word with you fresh off the press from the throne. So get your Bibles out. And go, if you would, to the just the middle of the Bible. We'll start there. I started sharing a message with you last week and uh, called God Still God. And I don't have time to go review over it because I, I, I'm going to lose time today and we have communion. So you have to go back and watch the program. Just go watch, back and watch the video. Uh, that's why we've got it there. And uh, you can catch up. And so anyway, I just want to tell you all a few things this morning before we get going. First of all, did Tracy tell you all about we got the new confession cards out? Okay, so make sure you get one of those. Get confessing this month. And uh, the other thing is, is, you know, we got uh, the election. I, I don't know if anybody's heard, but we have an election coming up. Uh, if you, you all have heard any of that, you know, and we're supposed to go vote Tuesday. So I want to encourage you about that. But, um, you know, if you've noticed, we're living in a pretty crazy time, right? I mean, we have got we've just got craziness just running amok everywhere. And uh, so this message, I, I felt like the Lord when I was praying, I said, Lord, you know, you have something specifically you want me to share with the people. This, this message came into my heart about, you know, make sure and tell everybody I'm still God, you know. It is, I don't know how the election, I have, I, I, you know, I'm human just like y'all. And I have, I have the doomsday message. And then I have the glory message. And then I have the in-between message. I mean, I'm just, I'm just kind of all over the place with Robert Richards thinking. Right. But I don't really want Robert Richards thinking. I want the Holy Ghost thinking because, you know, we don't think like God thinks. And I just know that if you listen to the news, oh, my goodness, you know, it's just depression. And so I, I'm not going to go there, but I, I'm just don't know what's going to happen. God is I, I'm going to tell you, God has not spoken to me. I'm not going to say, oh, well, this is going to happen. You know, this Trump's going to win or Biden's going to win. I don't know. But I just know that no matter what happens and whoever is president of the United States of America, God is still God. Amen. I have my own ways. I want to see things go. And I think I've made that clear. But I, I just want you to understand God is still God and we're still going to go on and we're still going to live. And this church is still going to have the doors open and we're still going to be praising God and we're still going to worship him. And we're still going forward. We're still going to rescue souls. We're still going to build missions. We're still going to build widows houses. We're still going to rescue orphans. We're still going to do all the things that this church has always done. Amen. And you're you as sheep, you know, some of you may scatter. I'm going to get my stick and bring you back. All right. I'm going to keep you in the herd and not going to let you spook. You know, it's like, you know, I feed the deer all the time at my house. And we've got this one doe who has decided that the best thing is, is as soon as we come out of the house, as soon as you start to throw the corn, she starts snorting. You know, she alerts everybody, you know, fear, run, run. But she's not running. She's just trying to get everybody else to run so she gets to eat more. So she runs through the herd, snorting and snorting. Everybody looks at her. And at first, everybody's like, what's going on? What's going on? You know, and then now they're all just like, ah, shut up, Sally. You know, we didn't listen to you. She snorts and runs all over the place. And now she's figuring out that the time she's wasting snorting, she's not getting to eat. You know, so she's kind of curbing her ways. And I kind of think I'm getting the whole revelation of the world right there feeding these deer. I mean, there's people running around scouting fear and fear and fear, but they're going to find out they're going to get hungry because they're missing the corn that's already there. And they're going to have to just calm their ways and come over here and shut up and sit down and eat with the rest of us. OK, so anyway, 
I just want to encourage you, you know, of course, I've, y'all, I, I can't imagine anybody that's listening to the broadcaster in here today. You wouldn't have, have already voted or going to be voting. And I can't believe in which way you except one way you're going to vote. OK. And so the, the other people don't listen to me. OK. They don't they don't they don't from the other camp. They don't like what I say. But anyway, but I just want to tell you, God is still God. Listen, no matter what the election results come out, God is still God and God is going to work his way in your life and in this 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 country and in everything going on. Amen. But I want to preach this message to you this morning. Matter of fact, go to Proverbs 133, Proverbs 133. You know, my wife and I've been talking about how important we feel like on the first Sunday of every month that we we come as families to church. Because I'm telling you, you know, I praise God for my family. My family raised me. I mean, it was a it was a deal. We went to church every Sunday. Uh, You know, I may not have been thinking the things I should have been or doing what I was. But, man, my parents took me to church. We went to church. We left. We went over to my grandparents' house. We sat down. We had roast. We had those delicious biscuits. We had, you know, rolls, dinner rolls and all that stuff, you know, and big old pies. And then we ate. We feasted. At a Sunday meal. And I'm going to tell you something. I've carried that tradition on with my family that we eat together and we have family time together. And I'm telling you, the world's problem, one of the world's problems is, is that they don't have family time anymore. They're not with the family. We're not investing in our children. We're not leading people into the right direction to go and to stay serving God. We get away from it. We, you know, and, and a lot of that I'm blaming on the preachers. I'm blaming on the churches. We haven't, we haven't done that. But this church, I want you to know, is family church. Amen. We believe in family, we believe in the in, in in coming together and worshiping our God together as families. And so I've told them, I said, I don't want to have any of the children's services on on uh you know, have our children's church church, you know, for the kids uh, over there on, on the first. We want to come together as a family because it's important. Amen. And so it says in Proverbs 133, but whoever listens to me will dwell safely. I mean, what else are you going to say? Whoever listens to me, God says, will dwell safely and be secure without the fear of evil. This is where we need to be, church. We are children of the Most High God. We are born again, washed in the blood of Jesus. Our sins have been forgiven us. Heaven is our home. We are headed to heaven. Everybody say, I'm going to heaven. You are already an eternal being. You are already saved, born again. You are already, your spirit is already set on a course and a destiny for heaven. Amen? But listen to me. You know, you've got to be secure without the fear of evil. And evil right now wants to raise up its head and we, we want to paint it, wants to paint a scenario to you of, of, of this, you know, horror that may be. But let me tell you what, folks. Go look. If you really want to look, go buy Fox's Book of Martyrs. Tells you about all the martyrs from ever since Jesus was that was was had risen from the dead. All the martyrs and everything that happened to people who loved Jesus with all their heart, who gave their lives for the gospel. Listen to me. We're still going to be preaching Jesus. You're still going to be preaching Jesus. God's hand is not short that He cannot save you. Hello. But we have to listen to what the Spirit of God is saying today, and we can't listen to. Not that it's wrong. I'm just using this as a general form. We can't listen and let talk radio lead you. You've got to be led by the talk radio coming from heaven. Each and every one of us individually. Don't sit at home and say, Ed, I'm just going to watch TV and I don't want to watch my programs. And when I'll get to church on Sunday and pastor will tell me, don't you do that to me. Don't you put the heavy on my back and saying, you know, pastor will hear. And I'm going to tell you, you know, you better hear from heaven yourself. Okay, so I want to go to this scripture. 
I'm going to go to this, this story. First Kings 18, it's a story you know. It's a story of Elijah on Mount Carmel. It's a great story, and I was praying the other day, and the Holy Ghost told me, he said, put this in here because I want to show people some something. So I'm going to be obedient, and besides that, I love it. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Oh, Elijah now was a, a prophet, you know, called by God, and he had already prophesied and said it wasn't going to rain on the earth for three years, three and a half years. And so it hadn't rained. Times are getting bad. King Ahab, who was married to Jezebel, which Jezebel, we you know all know who Jezebel is. We still use that phrase for certain types of people, so they're a Jezebel. So obviously she wasn't too good a reputation. And uh, oh, Ahab, you know, he, he's king. And so he goes and he talks to Elijah, and Elijah's, you know, he's trying to put the heavy on Elijah that he's the bad guy, right? Wow, does that sound familiar today? All of a sudden, us Christians, because we believe the Bible's true, we're the bad guys? Wait, what a minute. So they're trying to do that. So, so Elijah's kind of had enough. And I, I really, really want to meet Elijah when I get to heaven. I mean, he is one of the cool guys of the Old Testament, man. I love him. He, I mean, this guy was a no-nonsense kind of guy, and I just really want to meet him. So he comes down there, and, they, and, and in verse 18, I mean, 1 Kings 18, excuse me, verse 20, it says, so Ahab sent all the children of Israel to gather the prophets together on Mount Carmel. Because what he did is Elijah said, I've had enough. Tired of messing around. Tired of beating around the bush. Tired of y'all trying to say, oh, you're right or you're right. I'm tired of messing with that. Let's just go to Mount Carmel and let's just have it out. Gather your prophets. Call them all in. Bring them all in. Let's see who's God. So Elijah came and all the people said, how long will you falter between two opinions? And that's what's wrong with the United States today is we're faltering between two opinions. I'm just telling you, listen to me, church. I'm going to preach it straight this morning. I'm not holding back. We just got to understand this. If you're a person who falters between two opinions, well, I believe this, but well, I can kind of see this side. And you're like that. I'm going to tell you something. You're on unstable ground. The book of James tells us in chapter one, you're like the seas of the wave being tossed to and fro. You're going to be double minded and you're not going to be able to hear God nor walk in his ways. You are either a born again Christian who loves Jesus and believes the Bible true or you're not. There is no compromise. The Bible says if you falter between two opinions, you're going to fail. You'll lose. The devil knows this. Oh, man, he's sly. He is sly, and he knows this, and he knows if he can get you faltering between two opinions. Well, you know, I, I'd like to do, I'd like to serve God, but I really don't want to get out of the world. You know, I kind of, and you're faltering. You're, you're sunk. You're sunk. You're sunk. And I told you there's, there's, there's two kinds of Christians. There's believers, and there's make-believers. Believers are really, truly sold out. Believers make-believers are trying to make everybody think that they're serving God, but they're really not. And what I believe is happening, there is going to be a shaking here in the world. Listen to me. There's going to be a shaking here in the world. It's kind of like, you know, when you, you, know, you shake the tree, something's going to fall out. There's going to be a shaking here in the world. I'm telling you, if you're a solid rock believer, if you're not faltering between two opinions, we're just going to go on. Because we're not going to yield. We're not going to change. I'm not going to bend. Folks, I am not going to quit believing the Bible's true. I cannot change my opinion. I either believe it's all true or it's not any of it's true. And believe me, believe me, y'all want me to believe the Bible's true. 
Because if we're just going to go the other way and just be mean and ugly, whew, I do not want to get the, the key back out and let the old man out. Because he ain't nice. I had to go over there once in a while and beat him with a stick and say, you're staying in the cage. That's where you're going to stay because you do not want to be turned loose. I was just recently on a little trip and I went into a grocery store and, 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 and went to the restroom, came back out, kind of hungry. So I found me a package of jerky, walked up the front, pay it. And the lady looked at me and said, sir, do you have a mask? I said, no, not a mask. She said, well, I can't sell you this. And I said, uh, let me get this straight. I've just walked through your store. I just went into the restroom. I just milled around all the food over there, picked up this package. I've touched it. I brought it up, put it on the counter, and you're going to stand behind your piece of plexiglass with your mask on and tell me you won't sell it to me. And she says, that's right. So I thought, gosh, she'll cave. Reached in my pocket, pulled out a 20. I said, uh, so you're not going to take my money? And she says, uh, no, sir, I can't. I said, you're not going to sell me this. I said, you've got to be kidding me. i tell you what, you take my money and ring that little register up, and I'll leave your store. And she said, no, sir, I can't. And I said, oh, man, he's in the back rattling the chains. <laughs> the old cage door's just a rattling. And I said, well, you can just keep it, and you lost the sale today. And the crazy thing was, I hate to tell you all, but your pastor's this hard-headed. I had a mask in my hand, but I refused to put it on for the principle of the issue. So I walked out. My point is, I'm not going to falter between two opinions. Because when you falter and you start yielding to the, to the enemy, now I'm not going to get into a mask deal here. I'm talking about if you're yielding to the enemy, the devil, getting you to go into something that and compromise your faith and your belief in the Word of God, then I want to tell you something, you're going to falter and you're going to fail because you can't beat him on his own ground. We win because we are not faltering between two opinions. No matter what they said at me, I don't care if they bring an alien out and set him in front of me and say, there's an alien. I said, well, he's subject to my God. Bow your knee to the Jesus or burn. I'm not going to compromise. All right. Elijah told him, says, how long? He's telling the people, are you going to falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if it's Baal, follow him. But the people answered him, not a word. See, when people are confronted, if you really believe communism's right and socialism's right, well, go spend some time in Cuba and Russia and come back and tell me how you like it. I mean, shut up with your complaining to test it out and see if it's going to work. Look, I tell my wife this all the time. Like when you make a cake or you make a, a dish and it's good and we eat it and it's good, leave it alone. What are you doing messing with it? Why are you going to try to make it a little better? It's good. Leave it alone. It's not going to get better. The cake already tastes as good as it can get. Let's eat it. Because the next thing happens is you mess with it and then you say, oh, it's not as good as it was the last time. So it's like a disappointment. You had it. Now, what did I do? I don't remember what I did. Well, I don't want everybody testing in America, which has been glorious and great for so many years, to test something out to see if it's going to work or not going to work and then end up failing whichever other communist and socialist country has failed and then turn around and say, oh, I guess it doesn't work. Leave it alone. But the people answered him, not a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone and left a prophet. Now, there, Elijah had one problem. It's the Elijah syndrome. 
And I want to tell you this and explain this to you. Elijah syndrome is a feeling that nobody else is going through what you're going through. No one else is suffering as bad as you are suffering. No one else is hurting like you're hurting. And I want y'all to know something, folks. We're all in this together. And not one of you are going through a situation that some other Christian has not been through. Jesus said he was tempted with every temptation so that he could, with, with doing that, then he could intercede and pray for you and understand what you're going through. Listen to me, not, you're not alone. The fears, the concerns, the things that you have and going on in life, you're not alone. Everybody say, I'm not alone. Because I want to tell you something. Once the devil gets you to thinking you're the only one, it's, you're getting some weak ground. You're getting some unstable ground. Well, Elijah had that syndrome going on in him that he was the only one that ever, this had ever happened to. So he says, I alone and left the prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450. So he was greatly outnumbered in his mind. He's one and they're 450. Therefore, let them give us two bulls. Let them choose one bull for themselves and cut in pieces and lay it on the wood. But put no other fire under it. And I will prepare the other bull, lay it on the wood and put no fire under it. You call upon the name of your God and I will call upon the name of the Lord God who answers by fire. He is God. Whoever answers by fire, he's God. Listen to me. I believe the fire of God is about to fall on the United States. I want you to understand something. I'm not saying I think all the times are going to get great and rosy ahead of us, but I believe God's fire is about to fall. I believe people are going to get hungry for the true gospel because they're sick of living in the sin they've been living in and they want to change and turn to God. They're going to find out that they've had two opinions and they're going to only go to one. I believe people are going to become hungry for the gospel. I believe we're about to see more people saved, healed and blessed than ever before. And it's right at our door. This is what I believe. I, I want to tell y'all, I'm, I'm just going to spill it, okay? So I believe if Biden wins, I believe we're going to have a lot of chaos, and I think the chaos is going to be the, coming from us. I think if Trump wins, there's going to be some chaos. It's going to get bad for a while, and then it's going to be put down, but I'm scared that. I'm not saying I, I don't want Trump to win. I'm just saying that I'm scared that then Christians may back off. And this is not a time to back off. This is time for us to go full force, full throttle, all the way, no matter who's president. Because we're not shooting for what kind of government we have. We're shooting for the kingdom of God, folks. Do you hear me? It's not about this being who's the president. It's about rescuing souls and rescuing people from that are headed to destruction in life and getting them to the kingdom of heaven. Man, that's your first job. It's not about, oh, we want this kind of government or that kind of government. No, we want to advance the kingdom of God on the face of the earth. And I believe right now is the greatest time. I believe it's, called, it's a call for all the saints to pray. I believe right now that it's, it's time for us to get busy. I, I, you know, sometimes we get lazy. I've heard this, you know, that we get lazy. And, and you know, like you're, 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 you get lazy reading your Bible, or maybe you were started out two years ago when we started the plan. Two years ago when I started the plan, and, and it was by the Holy Spirit telling me to take one chapter of the Bible, put it before you, and ask you to read it all week with your family and to get it down in your heart. And I said that, it's so simple, Lord, they won't do it. And, and the Lord just kept going and telling me, pushing me, pushing me, pushing me. Listen to me. You better be reading your Bible with your family. You better be, this is like, this is like, this is like going through the phone book and calling friends and them talking to you when you read your Bible. 
So when you get over in the book of, uh, of Colossians, like we are this week, chapter one, you're, you're listening to what Paul was saying to the church and the church, and it's speaking to your heart. When you're reading Ephesians, when you're reading a psalm, you're seeing what David's going through. It's like, it's like hearing the, the recordings of the, of, of the Spirit of God coming and talking to you in different, different avenues. And if you're not doing that, that simple thing of reading your Bible, folks, listen to me, you're putting yourself, you're compromising your position because you're not going to be hearing God well. Amen? So, anyway, he said, choose a bull for you, and I'll choose a bull for me. We're going to go in there. We're going to put it all on there. Now, so they took the bull, it says, and, and that was given them, and they prepared it. And they called upon the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. And there was no voice. No one answered. And they left about the altar that they had made. And so it was that at noon that Elijah mocked them, saying, and cry aloud. For he's a God, either he's meditating or he's busy or he's on a journey. Perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. See, that's why I love this guy. I mean, can you imagine the audacity of Elijah sitting there just taunting him? Say, hey, maybe you need to holler louder. You know, you know, he's maybe off on a vacation. He's not here yet. You know what I mean? Oh, man, I love this cat. He is just, I mean, I just love him to be like that. He's just taunting him. And so they do and nothing happens. It says, and when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of offering to the evening, but there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So just look at here. Just look at Elijah. So he's like, he says, let him go. He's been underneath drinking sweet tea underneath the mesquite tree, just waiting for him to get through, right? He's just having a good time, taunting them, picking at them, making fun of them. Just let them cut themselves all to pieces, right? And then finally, he's like, all right, come here. Let me show you how it's done. Everybody come around here. And let me show you how it's done. He says, come near to me, all you people. And the people came near to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken. The first thing that you need to see in this is that, folks, we have got to come near God. People are hurting. Listen to me, church. People are hurting. Your friends are hurting. There are people out there, whether they be Christians or non-Christians, that are hurting. They're, they're, they're scared. They don't know what's going on. Their jobs and their whole worlds have been uprooted, and somebody told them to shut up and stay six feet away from me and put a mask on. And, then, and it's, it's causing problems. And people are, folks, listen to me. You don't understand something. I, I, I don't really, the mask thing, I don't really care one way or the other. But what I'm saying is it's, it's, it's affecting us. Do you realize now that we have commercials with people with masks on, do you realize that children are looking at people wondering why they have masks on? Where the children are being raised in a, in a, in a world and it's, and it's affecting their psychology. They will grow up someday. And when this passes and they will be asking their parents, there was, it seems weird to me, but I have this memory. Is there something about only ever seeing people's half face? Because they were affecting things. The world is going crazy. I just want to know what the truth is. That's what I want to know is the truth is. And I, you don't seem to be able to get that out of any person. Nothing straight. All right. My point is, we have got to draw near to God. God has to be our source. God has to be our answer. God has to be the one in whom we trust in. God has to be. We need to be the type of Christians that you don't pray over your meal just because that's what mama used to do. Nowadays, you're praying. And when you're praying, you're believing God to kill everything. Are you with me? Isn't it funny? It took, a, it took a, 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 a virus to come in to get people to pray and wash their hands and pray over their food. Hello? 
which, you know, my mama taught me that long time ago. You wash your hands. Are you all all with me here? But we've got to come near to God. It's time that the church, the people come near to God. It's time that we stop spending so much time fighting and fear and worry and all these things. You know, I love it the way Jesus says in Matthew 6. He says, why are you worrying? It's not going to do any good. That's my paraphrase. He says, why are you worrying? Worrying's not going to help you. Worrying won't help you, but praying will. Right? So I know that the, there, may dark, there may look like darkness in the world or whatever's coming or whatever, whatever, whatever. But listen to me. Quit worrying how, if you've got everything prepared. Pray and ask God what you're supposed to do. Hello? It's time for the church to come near to God. It's time for church not to just be a gold star. You stick on your, your uh, chart and you went to church and get your gold star and feel like you're good before God. No, no, no. It's time you go to church because you're trying to hear from the Spirit of God. You want to be in the corporate body. You want to be in the army of God. You want to be a part of something that's a powerful and moving. Hello? James 4, 7 and 8 says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Draw near to God. What does it say? He'll draw near to you. But if you're not drawing near to him, he's not... Drawn near to you because he's trying to draw near you, but you ain't nowhere around. That's the truth. He's trying to draw near you, but man, you're running around. You're like a squirrel on a road with a car coming. Right? You're everywhere. You're flitting and fit, flitting back and forth. You're just, man, you're everywhere. You're just running here and running there. Every time you hear another thing on the television, you just get in fear and you just run this direction, run that away. Which is better? And you say, well, it's just a lot easier, Pastor, if I already got it prepped and it's there. But, you know, if you only have one cup of beans left, wouldn't it be nice to be the person that be just like the, 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 the woman in 2 Kings 4 who, whose oil just kept pouring out? Wouldn't that be more cool? You say, well, I'd just rather have the beans. <laughs> but you can only prep so much. Hello? You can only prep so much. And I've, I've told you all this around here. Living out here in the country, folks, if you don't have extra food, man, I mean, you, you're, 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 you're missing it. You don't ever know when the power is going to go off, when the flood's going to come. I mean, we could be sitting on a perfectly sunny day. And I've, I've seen some of the biggest storms that ever came around here, and it was not like you had any pre-warning. It was like a pretty cloudy day. I mean, a pretty sunny day. Everything was okay. And the next day, you were belly deep in water. So around here, we always have extra food. I'm, I'm not telling you not to do that. I'm just saying, man, folks, we've got to believe in miracles. We've got to believe in a God of power. We've got to believe in a God of signs and wonders. We've got to believe in this God and start get out of our denominational theories and our, our theology that doesn't allow God to move and get into a place where we come near to him and believe that when we draw near to God, he's drawn near to us, that God is in our homes. He's blessing our children. He's blessing our grandchildren. He's guiding us and leading us and directing us in all the ways that we're to go. Amen? Okay, then the second thing it says here is he repaired the altar. Folks, listen to me. The altar in America is broken. Churches have been preaching garbage for a long time. Churches have not followed the Spirit of God. They have not preached the true gospel. Pastors are as guilty as churches are and denominations are. But folks, listen to me. We have got to repair the altar in America to where we preach the uncompromising word of God and it stands on its own and God takes care of his own business. Hello? 
And I, you know, again, I'm preaching to y'all who are sitting here who have been come from all over the place to get here. People that are watching the broadcast, I know you're all over the place and, and, and you wouldn't be listening to me unless you believe that was true. But we've got to pray about it. We need to pray that churches and pastors start preaching the gospel. We need to get out of there where pastors are, are, are quit trying to figure out how to get around something in the Bible. Do you hear what I'm saying? How to, they're trying to figure out how to get around something in the Bible. And that's just wrong. I'm not trying to figure out how to get around it. I'm just asking God to just keep me protected when I'm saying it to get, keep from getting hit with something flying back. Hello? I'll never forget one. This is back in 93, 94. I was preaching in the Ukraine. We were preaching these big apartment complexes, and there was a little center stage. And so uh, I had an interpreter, and we were preaching. And, and uh, I, you know, I, I, I was just wild and didn't think about much and just charging in the middle of everything. And so all the people had the windows open where they all listened to me. And, and so I'm preaching, and I get in there, and I get all wound up, and I get all fired up, man. Spits flying. And then all of a sudden, I'm just like, I said, you know, listen to me, you know, communism will rise and communism will fall, but Jesus will never let you down. I thought it's like the great slogan, you know, but I didn't realize there were still old hardline communists in these buildings. And so about that time, I heard something kind of zipping through the air and I didn't know what it was. And then my interpreter just hit the ground. Boom. And I was like, man, what happened to him? And then all of a sudden, potatoes started raining down out of those buildings now, you throw a spud from 15 stories, boy, it'll put a dent in a car. And it knocked my interpreter completely out. We had to drag him over. Had to, it was like we were under fire. I got him by the leg, and I drug him out from the fire, and we were hiding by the back of the truck, and they're coming out. And uh, I'll never forget that the, my, uh, then one of the other uh, interpreters, he looks up at me in real and says, uh, not, not good thing to say. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll take that one out. <laughs> we, won't, we, won't, we won't go on that anymore. <laughs> since it, it's just no, no, not a good thing to say. Okay. Well, but we got to repair the altar. We got to get to where we're not, we're not worried about the not good thing to say. We're just preaching the gospel. We got to preach it with the uncompromising. We got to preach the uncompromising word with faith and power and let God be God. I'm not going to cover up for God. I don't need to. Because he's God. He's not Baal. And I don't need to cover up for him. And what he said in his word, he, there's a reason for what it is. And I don't need to cover up for him. It is what it is. God's still God. Amen? So Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run to it and are safe. That's where we need to be, is in the tower, in the name of Jesus. Amen? So let me read on the story. So then he took all the stones and he built the altar in the name of the Lord. And he, he made a trench around it. So he's making it harder than it has to be. He makes a trench around it and he, and he, and he took the, the, the seed and put it in it. He put the wood in its order. He cut the bull into pieces. He laid the wood on it. It says, fill four water pots of water. And they poured it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, do it again a second time. And they did it a second time. And do it again a third time. And they did it until water ran all around the altar. So he's just getting his wood wet. Are you hearing me? Now hear me. Now just hear me. Just, just listen to this one and don't, 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 get, don't, don't get upset, okay? But the one thing that's glorious about God is God is a, has an ability to ignite a fire in you even if your wood's wet. 
So some of you Christians may have some wet wood. I'm going to look at the camera right now. You may have some wet wood in life. You may not be too fiery of a Christian. Matter of fact, you may have worked in a company for 30 years and nobody even knows you are a Christian. You may be working around your people in your office right now, but nobody knows you're a Christian. You're just hiding it. Well, listen to me, your wood's wet. And you need the fire of God today to fall on you and get your wood wet so that people around you know that you are a believer in Jesus Christ. Now, listen to me. This is what gets me, folks. I've never quite understood this about us as Christians. We have this this really ridiculous thinking where we think that you're supposed to get saved, make a profession of your faith to Jesus, and then you attend church. So the first thing that happens, you automatically upgrade your clothing, and then you try to stop doing any outward things like chewing tobacco or smoking so that nobody will notice because, you know, you could not be a saved Christian and smoke. That was always the theology, all right? Although I want to say this, and just hear me, I I went to church, my my father was a Methodist and my my mother was a Baptist. And so when I went with my Baptist grandparents, you know, they're taking me to the Baptist church trying to get me over there because, you know, Methodists, no God knows what they're teaching me. And so... And what they didn't either, what neither one of them realized is I wouldn't listen to nowhere where I was. But it's so anyway. But as a kid, I grew up in the Baptist church. They always had smoke break between Sunday school and church. I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. They had smoke break. My grandfather smoked a pipe and they all went outside. Everybody lit up the cigarette, lit up the pipe. Everybody had smoke break outside, right outside the church. There's a big smoke break between. See, I got old Franco. He's old Baptist. He's saying this right. Between Sunday school and church had smoke break. And then all of a sudden, somewhere, I don't know. I mean, I didn't think about that that was something wrong. I just saw it was just the generation, the culture, what was going on that day. And they're all out there taking a smoke break. And then all of a sudden, one day, there's no more smoke break. And so I said to somebody, why is there no more smoke break? You know, why isn't all these men out there smoke breaking? I said, oh, well, you know, come down, you know, and this is sin. We shouldn't be smoking. I was like, hmm, isn't that funny? So then, I mean, as a child, I was trying to analyze this so Smoke break was sending you to hell, but y'all were on smoke break, and then now we're not on smoke break, and so now you're going to heaven, but did nothing change, but you quit smoking, and so I guess everybody was going to hell. The whole church was going to hell. This is where I began to think as a child. You know, I was just trying to put this in. I mean, I got to tell y'all, this is the way it was. You know, as a kid, I worry about these things because I know that children are listening to me, and I want them to be influenced right. It's like when the pastor used to do the prayer request, and as a kid, I, I was like, my God, do not get on that list. Don't let the pastor call your name out in church. You're dead. Because I just saw it over and over again. Put on the prayer request. Everybody prayed. Next week was funeral service or so and so be held. And as a kid, I grew up and I was like, my God, don't get on the don't get on the list. My point is, is that we as Christians, we, we get saved and then we turn to man to tell us how we should be when we should turn to God to tell us how we should be. Hello? We should turn to the Holy Spirit to say, if there's anything unpleasing in our lives as servants of God that we should change, not doctrines of man. And what's happened is we've allowed the doctrines of man to come in and so saturate the church that nobody wants to go to church because they can't jump through the number of hoops. And that's not the plan of God. That's not what God ever set out. He said, no, you come to me. You come to me and I will make you fishers of men. You come to me and my blood will cleanse you. You come to me and I will set things straight. And then it's between you and the Holy Ghost. 
Can I have an amen? amen. Okay, so they pour the, they, they, they I got to get going here. Goodness. And so, so they, 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 they put the water around it, they get all this stuff. And then so it says, Elijah prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are the God in Israel. I am your servant and that I have done all these things in your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, this, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then fire, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. This is where we need to be, church. In the United States, this is where we need to be. When the heart of the people need to be turned back to God and God has to show himself. That's why I say I I believe the event that's going to happen is not going to be the presidential election. It's going to be the move of the fire of God falling and that people are going to turn back to God. Because, folks, this is a godly nation. This nation was founded on God. Go study our history. Oh, my goodness gracious. Why did they come over on the Mayflower? Have you ever read the Mayflower Compact? Go read it. This nation was founded on a place of belief in God Almighty. Nothing's been perfect. No, because we got the, the, the man involved in this stuff who is always making a mistake. But God, it was founded upon the belief and faith in God. And we've got to see the fire fall again. You need to be praying over this nation that the fire of God will fall over this nation. You as a Christian, you're responsible for this to rise up and say, Lord, let it be like the day of Elijah. Let it be like Mount Carmel. Lord, I, I just pray God move in such a way that God, you fall in, 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 with your fire that people will return back to you and say, Lord, your God. Amen. Isaiah 41.10 says, fear not for I'm with you. Be not afraid. Are dismayed, for I am I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. Yes, uphold, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Folks, this is the word of the Lord to us today. Don't get in fear. Don't get in worry. Don't say, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen here? Listen to me. We need to see the fire of God fall. We need this world turn back. We need to get so hungry for evangelism. I'm so, there's something down on the, well, I know what it is. It's my spirit stirring on the inside of me to see people get saved, to see evangelism. I've talked to every one of our, our, our associations we work with that have missions. We, I just, we're getting ready to send a bunch of money and some other things down into, to go into Mexico and they're, they're going out all over the place and we're starting to, to, to do more and more. And I'm, I'm making sure that every person that goes out and goes out that they have the finances that they need to do it. And everybody gets, because I'm just telling you now's the day. And we're, we're, today, I don't know if I did already, I don't know if I already said this, but the, the paperwork's all going through the court system. Uh, the property in Kenya is ours. It's just got to get through all the, 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 the paper trail and the whatever to get. I guess it's like saying Scott, it's in the title company. All right. And it's going to be ours. We're going to see a thousand children a day rescued over there. We're going to see a thousand ch- children fed a day. They're going to be preached the gospel. They're going to be told about Jesus. We're going to get them. Because see, sometimes if you can't get the, p- the parents, you go for the children because you can teach them and let them go home and influence the parents. Okay. But can you imagine that thousand kids a day, thousand kids a day. All right. We're going to do it. We're going to see it. We're going to rescue more orphans. We've ever done in Guatemala. They're, they're geared up. They're firing up. They're sending our children out into the highways and the byways preaching the gospel. But one of the things that's really hindering us, I want you to understand, you, you don't understand the effect of this. This COVID virus is really hindering us 
because it has shut everything down. Do you realize the church around the world is shut down? Do you realize that when in Wales cannot go to a church and preach because the doors are shut in there, they cannot be open. There can be no worshipers in church. The Republic of Ireland just shut down all of Ireland. There is no worship. London is shut down. There is no worship. Do you realize that this COVID virus, it's not about, oh God, I hope I get, I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get sick. No, it's a devil's hand to shut the church of the Lord Jesus Christ down around the world. Oh, you say, oh yes, but you've got internet. Yes, you can do it. You can, yes, but it's not the same. What are you going to do when you're laying in the bed sick and you need somebody to come lay hands on you? No, no, we can't lay hands on them. Now, before long, Christians are going to get like a, a six foot hand. Had to go lay that on them because they can't go. I don't know saying. Do you realize it's not affecting just, just evangelical churches? It's affecting all churches. Catholic churches cannot hold mass. Do you realize that how many people are being buried with no clergy around, no anybody, because you can't, nobody can have services, you can't get around people, you know, and all this is going on. Do you realize how many heartbroken people there are in the world because they can't even, they've got sick people in the hospital and they can't even go in there and visit them and lay hands on them and pray for them. And I'm telling you, you listen to me, I'm telling you, we already pretty much know this is man-made, but if I've ever wanted to get a pitchfork and a burning torch and go down the streets to find out who's behind this mess, because that person needs to be horse whipped. I'm just telling you, that was probably my flesh speaking, but that's the way I feel about it. I am mad about that. And if this is ever revealed that this had a political turn to it, I'm telling you what, need to burn them out, man. I'm telling you, that is the worst thing I've ever heard in life because there's been so many people hurt, so many people injured, so many people fearful and, 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 and oppressed by this stupid COVID. And I'm not saying there's not a COVID. I'm not saying there's not a virus. There is a virus. That's the truth. But I'm just saying it's just, boo-hoo. Let me preach on let me get through with this last little bit, and then we're going to have communion. 1 John 4, 9. 1 John 4, 9. It says, In this the love of God was manifest towards us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Folks, we have got to be living through Jesus. Right now, you've got to go out with the armor of God on, and you have got to be living through Jesus. We can no longer be silent. We can no longer be quiet. When you listen to one of your friends and they say something that's not right out of their mouth, you need to correct them, and you need to live through Jesus and be a mouthpiece for him. You need to be hands of Jesus. You need to be the mouth of Jesus. You need to be the feet of Jesus. You need to be carrying his gospel out. You need to be telling people the good news about Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay, 1 Peter 5, 6 through 9. He says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that ye may exalt you in due time. Folks, this is the day for us. Now, listen to me. I got some problems with repenting for what, um, what somebody did 200 years ago. Okay? But I, I and so I just say, I, I, it's got to be put in the right text for me to do that. Not because I'm proud, but because I'm just not going to repent about something I don't, I don't think I had anything to do with. Okay, but let me tell you something. We need to be repenting before God because I'm going to tell you something. Each and every one of us has probably not lived the life that we should have lived for God. All of us could be more vocal. All of us could have done more. If we're if we're going to repent for anything and humble ourselves for God for anything, we need to bow our knee and say, you know, Lord, I, I could have been a better servant. All right. None of us are free of that. And these are the days for us to humble ourselves under the hand of God and say, God, you know, I love you, and I want to serve you. 
I want to be the best son or daughter I can be with you. And I want to, man, I want to, I want to do what I need to do. Forgive me for what I've done, and, and let's go on. Are you hearing me? Folks, listen to me. God forgives you, and then you go on. But we need to humble ourselves under the hand of God right now because I'm telling you, we need a mighty army. We need a mighty army of fire-breathing, Holy Ghost Christians on this earth who are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who will stand up and say, no, Jesus will save you right now, who is not scared to pray, will grab a person right in the middle of ATB and pray with them, who will believe God for miracles and signs and wonders, who will stand up right in the middle of just anything going on and just do it. We don't need goofy Christians. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pass out 50 bed sheets and 50 tambourines and 50 family Bibles and send y'all out to the streets. Stand on the street corner and jingle the tambourine? No, I'm just saying you need to get out there. You need to pray and humble yourself under the hand of God and be a Christian. My goodness, he saved you. He, 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 he paid his price of going to the cross for us, and we need to be vocal Christians. And when you hear somebody saying something stupid around you, you need to just stop them and say, no, I'm sorry, that's not right. Jesus loves you. We don't need to be arrogant. We don't need to be bossy. We don't need to be pushy. We just need to be Christians. Ask yourself right now, and some of you are going to laugh and say, what are you talking about, pastor? I come to Living Waters Church. But some of you, you need to ask yourself right now, do, 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 does everybody around you know you're a Christian? Okay, next question. James 1.12, James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, for which the Lord promised to those who love him. Folks, we are shooting for the crown of life. Look, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with having goals, setting goals, you know, saying, we, we want, we, I, I want my, you know, business goals, family goals, grandchildren goals, whatever. There's nothing wrong with those. There's nothing wrong with those. But you better have the goal in the back of your mind that we're shooting for the crown of life with Jesus Christ. Because I want to tell you something. Eternity is real. Hello? Eternity is real. Now, I'm going to skip a whole bunch of stuff, and I'm going to leave you this last one, Psalm 68, one. Psalm 68.1. Great psalm. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let those also who hate him flee before him. Listen to me. You need to be praying, let God, God arise. Just simply that's one. God arise. Because when he does, his enemies scatter. There's no, you can just write this. You don't have to write it down because if you can't remember this, well, you know, I don't know what to say. We need to become influencers. You hear me? You need to be an influencer. We do not need to be the silent majority anymore. We need to be influencers. We need to be influencing five areas. I wrote down five. There's probably more, but I just wrote down five. You need to be influencing your families to be saved. Start right with your families. Man, we got Thanksgiving coming up. We got Christmas coming up. You should be with family in those times. You need to be making sure that all your family knows Jesus and is, if they, if, 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 that they're ready to meet Jesus, the rapture happens, they're going, whatever happens, they know they're right with Jesus. You need to do that. Whatever you've got to do to put down family problems, angers, or, or, or you know, rifts, or whatever going on in the family, put it down and make sure that they're saved. You need to influence your family. You need to influence your friends, your friends around you. Just what I said, need to know you're a Christian. 
You need to influence all those around you. All right? You need to be a walking, talking influencer for Jesus. You're going to the grocery store, you're still an influencer for Jesus. Okay? The fourth one is, you need to, listen, we need to start influencing our officials. When I say officials, I mean everything. I mean, we need to talk about government officials, school officials, people around us, people that are in charge of making decisions, need to have us backing them and helping them to stay straight and strong for Jesus. All right? And then the last one is, is the fifth one is, is that as a Christian, Christians do, there's one thing you can say, what do, what do Christians do? You know, if you just ask somebody, what do Christians do? The answer should be, we pray. That's one of the main things Christians do. We pray. Why? We talk to heaven. We intercede. And the Bible actually says our prayers are in a, in a bowl going up into heaven. It's got to be a big bowl. Well, again, maybe not. Maybe there's not much going up there. Maybe it's just a little old teacup. But anyway, we need to fill it up. We need, we need to make God get a bigger bowl. Do you hear what I'm saying? Now, let, uh, let, me, just, let me just run this over right quick. Prayer is real simple. It's you talking to God. But you should be a two-way conversation. You should be hearing back. Say, oh, I thought if you heard God speak, that means you're crazy. You're hearing voices in your head. No. God will speak to you. I got this message that I'm preaching to you right here. You want to hear, know where I got it? You want to hear you know how spiritual your, 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 your pastor is and how great your Heavenly Father is? I got this message that I'm preaching to you right now on a boat off of Port O'Connor getting ready to go gig flounder. I was sitting in the middle of the water. I looked over and the sun was over here about to set. And I looked over there at the other side of the water and the moon was just rising and I saw the sun and I saw the moon and it was just sitting there and it was just so weird. And then all of a sudden the water just turned this, just looked like stained glass out there. It just had all these colors in it because of the coming down and I'm just looking at it. I'm just sitting there looking at it. And I said, oh my God, you are so amazing. Look at what you're doing here. Look at this, just look at the, look at the sun is over there. It's just, how could you make a picture any better than this? And then all of a sudden the Spirit of God said, yeah, go ahead and preach 1 Kings 18. Now, maybe that was the only time I was listening, you know. <laughs> Had my mind on other things, you know. But at that moment, boom, spoke to me. You see, what I'm telling you, church, is you've got to be able to, got to, be able to walk with God that you're, you're a Christian that's praying, and you're praying, and you're hearing, you're praying, you're hearing, you're praying, you're hearing, you're praying, you're hearing. We need to be saying, Lord, let the fire fall. We need to be praying, God, let the fire fall in our area. Let the fire fall in my neighborhood. Let the fire fall in my office. Let the fire fall in my church. Let the fire fall. We need to be praying these kind of things continually. And yes, and this is one sense in life, it's okay for you to be a nag. Jesus himself gave the illustration of the woman going to the judges. He didn't answer. He didn't give her what he wanted because she Ask him. She gave her what she needed or wanted because she would not be quiet. And we need to be those kind of Christians. Lord, let the fire fall. No matter what's happening, man, you're going to see all kinds of reports in the next few days. You're going to see everything happen. Everything crazy is going to come up. It's going to rise up after this election. I'm telling you, but you just stand strong. You just stand looking at your TV. You just stand with your hands out and say, Lord, I just thank you. You're just going to rise in the midst of America. God, you are going to rise in the midst of America. Let the fire of God fall. You're going to rise in the midst of America. You're going to rise in the midst of my home, Lord, no matter what's going on. You're going to see some crazy stuff going on here. You're going to see the stock market shoot up and shoot down. You're going to see all kinds of stuff 
stuff going on. But I'm going to tell you something, church. You better stand strong. You better keep your feet locked into the, the into the the onto the rock of Jesus. We better be standing strong, and you just better keep praising Him, and you're, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Amen. And so, what we're going to do is we're going to have communion now. Now. Those of you at home, listen to me. I'm going to take you through your part of the service here in just a minute. Get your bread, get your wine or your, your juice or whatever you have. And uh, we're going to have that in a minute. For those of us that are in here, we're going to be serving you communion. If you don't feel comfortable serving communion, we have individual cups in the back that you can have that are, are in a, a sealed baggie back there. You can take communion that away. But listen to me. I want you to commune with God this morning. Amen. I want you to humble yourselves and commune with God. And so we're going to take some time. Sweetie, can you come on up here and play something? By the way, I always say that, but Sweetie is my wife, so it's okay. <clears throat> Don't want anybody to think, you know, what kind of a preacher is that? If Sweetie is your wife, you can do it. If she's not, you, you don't say that. But anyway, so just get your hearts prepared. Those of you that are, that are going to help me serve today, can y'all come up and help me, uh, uh, pastoral team and prayer team? I believe God for miracles. Listen, we have a prayer team up here every week and they're here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, they're here for you. If you're listening or watching out in the broadcast right now, and maybe you just tuned in for the very first time, listen to me, I want you to know Jesus loves you. He loves you so very much. And I want you to know that, that if you right there aren't sure that you're right with God, you're not sure that if you, if you died today, you'd go to heaven. You're not sure that, you know, maybe you think you've committed too many sins. Well, I also want you to know, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says that if a man would confess with his mouth and he would believe in his heart in Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, that man would be saved. That's all you've got to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. There's a believing in your heart, an activation of faith that makes you right with God that then he comes into your life. He forgives you of your sins and he makes you himself right with you. If you're in the building here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can pray this prayer with me as I pray with the, 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 the viewing audience. I will have our prayer team up here. But just right there, just begin to say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died for me. And I ask you today to come into my life and forgive me of all I've done. I want to be right with you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. And if you pray that from a sincere heart, well, today Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and you can have communion with us. Because the Bible says the only thing about communion is, is that you need to know Jesus is your Lord and Savior to take communion. So here at Living Waters Church, we've got an open communion service. So you're very welcome, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, to come here and to partake of this with us. For those of you that are out there in the viewing audience, take your bread right now. Because on the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, now take and eat. For this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me and so today Lord we take this bread and though it's a simple loaf of bread by faith today we thank you that it represents your broken body for us that today Lord God we take and we eat 
and you heal our bodies and you mend our brokenness. In Jesus' mighty name. So take and eat.